want to share a public service announcement with you today. Next month is Valentine's Day. So, that's right. Get your wallets ready. And get those gifts. There's going to be millions of people, men, women, children, who are going to find, purchase grand, extravagant, luxurious, or maybe cheap, quick, and easy ways to express their love to those around them, right? In fact, according to the National Retail Federation, uh, this year, on average, people plan to spend $192.80 on their Valentine's Day gifts that they might be giving to other people, uh, which is pretty high, almost as high as the highest ever recorded by this survey that they've taken, which was in back in 2020 when people planned to spend $196 on Valentine's Day gifts. And so people are going to get their gifts for their spouse, and maybe their children, uh, friends, uh, other family members, maybe their children's teachers, co-workers, even their pets. Right? And Whatever you feel or think about Valentine's Day, there's something important to that, important to express to those around us, the relationships we have. It's important to tell those people that they mean something to us and how important they are to us in our lives. It's good for us to do that. Uh, the classrooms here in the academy, they, they've already like, set their, their Valentine's Day party dates and, and what they're going to do for those children. It's good for them to express the love in that form of kindness and, and friendship that they have with their classmates. It's good for you to tell your friends, those people who have stood by your side, who have been with you through the things that you've gone through and experienced in your life, it's good to tell them how much they mean to you. And your spouse, that person with whom you can share anything and everything, the, the joys and the challenges, the ups and the downs, and, and they will love you through it and they will encourage you and stand by you. It's good for you to tell them and express to them how much they mean to you. Even, even our coworkers, right? The people that we see day in and, and, and day out, those relationships are important too. Because they allow us to have a good working environment. They allow us to succeed, to be productive. And so if you're taking notes today, the very first thing that I want you to, to write down is something that you already know, but it is that personal relationships are important. And Jesus thought so too. I doubt that Jesus would appreciate everything that is culturally attached to our celebration of Valentine's Day today, but certainly Jesus would appreciate the value that we put on relationships because God values relationships. He has created us to be relational people. He has gathered our families around us. He, he wants friendships to develop in our lives and so as we look at Matthew chapter 5, again today, as we continue in this sermon that Jesus preached to, to his disciples, the crowds who had gathered, and we look at this section from verses 21 to 37 that I read earlier, Jesus covers a whole lot of ground. 
He talks about hatred and murder, honesty, integrity, marriage and adultery, bullying. But all of it has to do with our personal relationships with other people. And as Jesus goes through that section, he knew that the people he were talking to, those people who lived in first century Israel, they knew and understood that God had given specific commands and instructions for how they were to carry themselves, how they were to live out their relationships, and the kind of love that they were to show. But Jesus explained that God wanted his laws, his instructions, to penetrate deeper into their hearts, that God expected a deeper morality from them than they thought at first glance. And so that's why Jesus said the things he said. That's why he explained to them those laws, those instructions from God's Old Testament. And he explained those things because Jesus understood something else about relationships. You're taking notes. This is the second thing you write down today, that relationships get damaged. Our relationships, they don't always match the the warm and fuzzy, white, red, and pink hearts, the balloons, and the glitter of Valentine's Day, right? Right? Sometimes the, the red that shows up in our relationships, it's, it's the fierce, burning red of anger, jealousy. Or maybe our relationships are colored with the, the deep blue hue of coldness. When a relationship has become distanced and separated The cold shoulder given, silence has become the norm. Some of our relationships, they're they're blackened by wounds and scars that just refuse to heal. And Jesus understood relationships get damaged. And that's why Jesus explains to us that hatred is like murder. Murder. Because he knows how easy it is for our hearts to get angry, to despise another person for what they've done to us. How easy it is for us to be fearful because they look different, they speak different, they they celebrate differently than we do. How easy it is for, for jealousy to come into our hearts because of their blessings. And so Jesus warns us. He he warns us of the judgment. We incur when we bully others, when we use power to make them feel weak and insignificant because he knows how easy it is for our hearts to do that. Because he he knows how easy it is for us to just let derogatory words fly off of our tongues. He warns us. And because Jesus knows the schemes that our hearts will make to to allow things to work out for our own advantage, regardless of how it affects others, he warns us of the liability we have when when we cheat and we steal. And because Jesus knows how easy it is for our eyes and our minds to wander and linger 
on somebody else who isn't our spouse because he knows how deceptive our hearts can be that they can lead us to turn our backs on the very people that we vowed, we made a promise that we would love them until death parted us. Jesus warns us of the damage that can be done to our marriages. When we seek in something or someone else the pleasure and the joy and the satisfaction that can only be found in our spouse. Jesus warns us. And in all these words of warning, because of how easy it is for relationships to get damaged, Jesus also gives us instructions. Instructions for how we are to operate in our relationships. Instructions that reveal to us the heart of God and the heart that he wants us to have in our personal relationships. And so Jesus, he said this, He said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, that you have a damaged relationship, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. And when Jesus says these words, we we see a person who is doing a good thing, right? Like we think they're worshiping. They're going to church. They even brought an offering. They are being generous before the Lord. They, they brought a gift with them. That's a good, God-pleasing thing. They, they're checking off the boxes on their Christian to-do list. And then Jesus says, but something's off. And something's, something's wrong. And it's so wrong that Jesus says, stop the good that you're doing. Stop worshiping. Stop and leave your gift. And go and pursue a different goal. The goal of reconciliation. To restore and reunite that relationship that's been damaged, that has been wounded, that has been broken apart. And when Jesus says that, you know, brother or sister, he's reminding us that this could happen in even the closest, the most intimate of relationships. And Jesus' instructions that he gives here, where he says, first go and be reconciled, those, that's a totally different approach than we would naturally take. Because even though it might be more painful and it might be more frustrating, it is actually easier for us to do nothing. But what if you took the first step? What if, before you allowed any other emotion, anger or hostility, jealousy, before you allowed that to come in and consume your mind, what if first you realized how important that relationship is? What if we realized that it's a greater act of worship than sitting here right now, than listening to me to talk, than than singing out our praises to God, that it's a greater act of worship if we're to go 
in humility and love another person the way God has called us to. To seek restoration in that relationship. What if we understand, understood that it, it's a greater offering to offer our ears and our hearts and our minds to understand where that person is coming from. That, that it's a greater offering to go in humility, maybe in repentance and confession, to, to put others first and to put yourself second and to seek peace in your relationships, that that is a greater offering than when you pull out your wallet or write your check to give to church. What if we understood that? What if we confessed our anger and worked to make our, right, our wrongs right? What if when our marriage was hurting and it needed to heal, instead of allowing that wound to fester, instead of allowing it to get infested and infected with animosity that could lead to sepsis and the death of our marriage, what if, what if we did the hard work it is to work towards reconciliation? To have the conversation with our spouse. Because that's the kind of life that God has called us to. That is what God has equipped us to. That's the new life that he wants to work in us. To demonstrate this kind of love. But it goes against our nature. Reconciliation goes against our nature. And yet reconciliation is one of the greatest ways we have to express love. Reconciliation, to re restore and reunite that relationship that has been broken and has been damaged. And Jesus says something very clearly about reconciliation. Reconciliation takes, first of all, it takes action. Now, Jesus doesn't want you to wait for the other person to come to you. Jesus wants you to take the first step. And Jesus doesn't want you to, to fill up your daily to-do list with all the tasks and all the things that you can do, even good and God-pleasing things that you can do, but to fill it up so that you have no time left to make the phone call or have the conversation. And I'm guilty of that. And you know why we do that? Because all those tasks, those to-dos, those are easier and reconciliation. Because the other thing that Jesus tells us is that not only does reconciliation take action, but reconciliation takes work. Hard work. Consider what might be necessary for reconciliation. Reconciliation might take humility on your part to confess your faults and your mistakes. It takes the boldness and the courage to start a conversation and to start a conversation without antagonism or attack, without firing the first volley to immediately put that person on the defensive. It takes what is extremely hard for us, the choice to listen, 
to seek to understand that other person's perspective and where they stand and, and how they think and what they feel and what they perceive. Reconciliation demands that you keep your cool, that, that you practice repentance, and that you also practice forgiveness. It takes hard work. And because reconciliation takes action and it takes hard work, many people give up. So why would you be any different? Why would you take the first step? Why would you put in the hard work? Well, my prayer is that you know of another relationship that you have. An incredibly important relationship. The relationship that you have with your God. The relationship you have with the supreme ruler over the entire universe. The one who has created all things and watches over them every day with almighty power. The omnipotent God has chosen to have a personal relationship with you. And that is a relationship that was damaged. Because there are times in our lives when we have chosen to walk away from that God. When we have chosen to blatantly disobey and disrespect him. There have been times in our lives when because God didn't show up the way that you wanted him to, he didn't seem to be present when you felt that you needed him most, that you allowed derogatory words to fly off your lips against God. There's times in your life when in your heart you felt anger and, and hatred toward him. And there's been times in your life and in my life where we have allowed our hearts and our eyes to wander and linger on something or someone else to take the place of our God. Where we have sought in someone or something else the joy, the satisfaction, the peace that can only truly be found in our God. And so that relationship, it was damaged severely. It seemed destined to die out completely, but when our relationship with God was damaged, Jesus took the first step. Jesus moved towards us. Jesus took action. He did the hard work of reconciliation. And he didn't wait. He didn't wait for you to come to him. He didn't sit back smugly on his throne in heaven and, and wait for you. No, he came. He came for you. He came for all of us. He came for this world and he came and he lived in this world of broken and damaged relationships. And he lived every single day and he avoided things like anger and jealousy and lust. And every single day he lived with honesty and integrity and uprightness so that his righteous life could count for yours. Every day he did the hard work that it takes for reconciliation. And then he went to the cross. He gave his offering, the offering of his very own life on the altar of the cross 
so that you would be forgiven. That you would be reconciled and restored to God, your Heavenly Father. Can that motivate your activity of reconciliation? I pray that it does. I pray that you know that you have a living Savior that after he gave his life on that cross, three days later he rose up from the grave and it was God's declaration that he accepted Jesus' sacrifice that you had been declared justified, right with God, at peace with him, that relationship restored and that you too have a new life to live. That you can live confident that Jesus now empowers you He leads you, he moves you to work towards reconciliation in your relationships. And so, dear friends, let us not only heed Jesus' words of warning to avoid those things that damage our relationships, but let us also follow his instruction. And when our relationships have been damaged, that we work towards reconciliation, that we take action, we take the first step, we do the hard work. And when you do, the people around you, they'll get a little taste of what it's like to be loved by God. When you love your spouse or your children or your friends that way, when you are ready and eager to work towards reconciliation, when you are ready and eager to show forgiveness, when you are willing to approach them in humility to confess your own faults, when you work towards reconciliation, you allow them to see the kind of love that God has. You open up a window to allow the bright, shining love of Jesus to shine through. The approach of Valentine's Day on the calendar, it may remind us of how important it is to express love to those around us. And there's all kinds of ways that we can do that. And so keep giving the cards and buying the flowers and the gifts. Go after those big, extravagant, grand gestures to show those around you how much you love them. But, but understand this. One of the greatest ways for you to express love It's through reconciliation. When those relationships get damaged, that you take the first step, you take action, you work hard to restore it. And you do so because you know that you have been reconciled to God in Christ. Amen.